Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host, Dave Elliott, and on this episode, we feature FuseFX's Wayne England, a VFX supervisor on the Amazon series Utopia from Gun Girl writer Gillian Flynn. Based on the beloved British series of the same name, Utopia follows a group of young adults who have previously only met online that come together to try and get a hold of the cult underground graphic novel. However, their quest not only pins them as a target of a shadowy deep state organisation, but also burdens them with the dangerous task of saving the world. The VFX team work together diligently to create exciting and realistic visuals that build the chaos and disasters that the young group of adults are forced to fight off. These exhilarating effects guide the story as it dives deeper and deeper into a dystopian nightmare. In the interview, Wayne discusses his work both behind the camera on set, working as the second unit director to prepare live scenes for VFX, and on the process of creating these effects with his team through the use of lighting, shading and composition to make it as realistic as possible. Along with his work on Utopia, Wayne discusses his work helping with the amazing Tsunami episodes of 911 and also working on HBO's phenomenal Watchmen series. His next project sees him joining the MCU working on Loki for Disney+. Plus. I did try to get some information out of him about that, although not massively successfully. If you'd like to hear more behind the scenes interviews, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast by searching for Geek Town Radio. This will also give you our weekly Geek Town Radio podcast, which brings you all the latest TV, film and gaming news. You can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories and all the latest UK and US TV premiere dates. Here's the interview with FuseFX's VFX supervisor, Wayne England. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's lovely to be able to chat with you about Utopia. I think you're the second person from Fuse Effects that I've spoken to. I, I did John Heller for The Outsider. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Heller, he's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. I finished watching Utopia last night as well, which I really enjoyed. 
somewhat controversial show in the UK, given that it's based on the UK version. And it, it seems that uh, there are a number of UK fans who will not accept it at all. <laughs> I bet you that is the case. Yes. Because I mean, there's the original and then there's the duplicate. It's kind of like The Office, right? Yes. Similar thing from The Office. Well, yeah. American one, it can't be as good. But, but you have different camps. Different camps emerge, right? Yeah. Personally, I mean, I love the original. I, I really like this version as well. I, I think mm-hmm. it's nicely updated. They've made enough changes so it's not identical. I think mm-hmm. they've done a really lovely job with it and uh, I really enjoyed it. Before we get into the show itself, mm-hmm. how about a little bit of background? I can tell by your accent you're not American. So where do you come from originally and uh, how did you get into the industry? Born in Blackburn, Lancashire. <laughs> but I only lived there for the six weeks I was I was raised in Hertfordshire. Right. Um, and uh, moved to America when um, I was 18. Went to university and um, realized that visual, that computer graphics was, there's just so many possibilities. And so that, that I studied that. I ended up going to Cal Arts, which is a college over here with music composition and, and computer graphics. But visual effects, computer graphics, visual effects took the dominant role. And, and um, yeah, I started. Uh, in LA in 1995 working on a show called Space Above and Beyond yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. and uh, yeah, we did a tiny bit of X-Men you know the, at that company the same people were involved those were the writers of X-Men who did that show and we got nominated for an Emmy so that was a nice early thing in my career but um, yeah went on to work at Digital Domain and, and then I started my own company and was working with Method Studios and a lot of the post houses around town providing kind of like a complete visual effects 3D solution for a lot of studios. I ended up working on the film 2012 yes. uh, with a, a great group of uh, people, really strong ensemble, made a lot of good connections there. And that was a great experience. And from there, I started a, a company and that company merged into a company from China. It was bought by a company from China. And so I was working with them for a while here. And then I worked on a number of projects along the way there but um, ended up working as a VFX soup on Watchmen yeah. um, to kind of jump ahead, you know, make it all so short. <laughs> um, and uh, that was a fantastic experience, as you can imagine. And, yeah. and whilst I was on Watchmen, I was contacted by Dave Altenau, the CEO of Fuse, and he was inquiring if I might be interested in working on a project. And we just had some great conversations and um, met the team at Fuse. And what was on tap was Utopia. They were mm. Put, put that forward for me to come in and essentially post-supervise because most of the shooting had already been done and right. there, there was still some that remained. That was my intro to the project. Wow, okay. Yeah, so you've you've not been at Fuse all that long then, I guess. A little over a year. Yeah. A little over a year, yeah. yeah. But it was interesting, there was a little bit of a hiatus with Utopia, so yeah. it didn't start right away and so I ended up working on American Horror Story and a few other shows. Yeah, I saw you did Castle Rock and the Tsunami episode of 911 as well I that's thought. right yeah that's right lots of fun you know so it's been a great experience at Fuse and um, and so then yeah Utopia kicked in but yeah that was the orientation yeah. yeah great show to get your hands on it's an interesting one as well because I would call it a show of hidden VFX really because I mean there are obvious things like you know people getting killed in various quite gruesome ways in, in Utopia but a lot of the effects on that show aren't that obvious unlike 
maybe something like Watchmen or American Horror Story, where you can see a bit more about where the effects are. Mm. So do you want to just explain and talk me through some of the work you did do on Utopia? Yeah, you know, and to your point, Jason Piccioni, another VFX suit, we were talking the other day, and he says, oh, I watched the first two episodes and I didn't see any visual effects. No. Nice job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, to your point, it's the extension of environments that you, you yeah. don't recognize and you don't realize what we've done. And um, we had a lot of driving comps as well. So when they're in a car, there's quite a few scenes when they're in their cars. And so mm. something you wouldn't realize, but they were just in a green screen car. Right. And uh, so we do all the reflections in the windows and all the environments driving by. And there were three big scenes that were the biggest set extensions. One of them was the interior Simpro factory. Uh, that was where you see all the workers inside when the, they stop the meat. The stop right. The, you know, the FBI come in and they stop the meat. Yeah. That was a really fun one for me because, like I was saying, most of the shooting had been done, but they still had a couple of episodes to go when I came on board. I wasn't in Chicago, though. So we were looking at all the footage, of course, as it was coming in and, you know, I was having dialogue with the onset of the effects soup. But what emerged was that there was going to need to be, for the entire season, an elements shoot day. So that was for all the shots that needed additional footage or elements to be inserted into the shots for right. the shots to be complete, missing missing components of shots. Mm. And um, I had some exchanges with uh, Robin Sweet, the head of production in Chicago, and I ended up flying to Chicago and directing the <laughs> second unit for the element shoot day. Wow. And that, that was like, that was a, a great experience for me. I mean, I, I have a little bit of directing in my background, yes. So um, that was a challenge and it was a wonderful experience to go and, and have 30 extras, have the crew for the day, and just to get done what we need to get done. So there was a lot of pre-planning involved with that. Yeah. But the point being is that one of the big components was the Simpro factory interior because it was a huge, sprawling space in which we had to populate it with factory workers. You know, a guy on a forklift, uh, a guy pulling stuff, you know, people walking with trays, people pushing trays. And, and so there was a lot of pre-planning for that that needed to take place for all of the other shots, but specifically the simple factory to have people on different heights and shoot them on different heights. Right. But um, yeah, so that was one of the visual effects that... Um, when you're doing a shot like that, are you shooting them basically on green screen so you can then just kind of cut them out and stitch them back into a digital background? Is that what you're doing with that? In that instance, yes. So we had a green on the floor where that made sense. We knew we were going to be doing some roto, but uh, we had a, a backdrop of green for all of these different angles we had some scaffolding built so we could get the right heights right for people that were on you know multiple floors you need to have that right angle for them and um, we only had so much space as well hmm. it worked out great we had a great shooting day and um, happy combos as well because we got we got all the elements that we needed to integrate into the shot and yeah it came out well yeah i mean i would not have known at all that <laughs> that was a vfx shot I, I mean it's one of those things when you think about it you think well yes it probably must have been, but there is no way you'd know um, mm, just by yeah. looking at it. It's a great piece of work. I'm assuming that the warehouse shot at the end with all the virus yes. vials was also just because of the logistics of it, I guess, had to be a VFX shot. So what were yes. you doing for that? That one was a whole lot of fun because they had built, uh, they had rows of boxes just all in place. Yeah. And they had gone through, you know, Rain Wilson's character had gone through and smashed 
they all had a bit of fun on on the forklift breaking <laughs> it up because they were trying to smash as much as they can. Yeah. And um, and we, we were also referred to a YouTube footage of poor guy who I think who I've seen that. Factory. Yeah, you, and, seen it? yeah, and he kind of knocks uh, one of them, and it just the whole thing just, collapses. The whole, uh, yeah, domino effect. Yeah, and so that was what they were targeting, and we had to basically replace everything for the the big primary shots yeah including everything that was right next to them because if you recall at the very climactic moment you know he triggers the domino effect he hits a beam and you know we had to work out how it made sense for the domino effect to actually work as well so the the idea was that he had hit a beam and it it unhinged the scaffolding or the the, the support bar right yeah and then the weight of the, the shelf came over and then pulled on the the next one unhinging that one and that's how the domino effect you know they're all just the weight of them falling in was unhinging the next one and and off it goes but yeah those those shots where the whole thing is collapsing that was entirely cg including the ceiling wow so it was a complete environment replacement and we had the very very foreground boxes but yeah so it was it was a real it was a task of real precision with regard to the timing as well of all the, the boxes because we had we had to animate the shells in a certain way to allow the boxes, which was a simulation, to ride on the animation so that the boxes would simulate and fall under the laws of physics. Right, and, yeah. And collide naturally. So it was a lot of fun, though. And we had a, a wonderful team. You know, Wayne Hollingsworth was our effects soup, and Christian Gonzalez, our CG soup, overseeing the animation, and Heather McAuliffe, the uh, comp supervisor. I mean, together, collectively, they were just superb at getting us to the point where we needed to get relatively quickly. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun doing that sequence. Yeah, I, again, it's a great sequence. And if you weren't thinking about it, you were just watching it, Again, you wouldn't know that that was a CG sequence at all. It just logically it had to be. But yeah, I mean, there are a few other bits in the show which are more obvious have to be VFX. But I mean, they could, I guess, be practical. But uh, things like Wilson's eye socket, I imagine. So how did you go about having to create that? Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm going to say fortunately, I had to do a lot of research (laughs) on um, eyes and eye, you know, empty eye sockets (laughs) to look at the structure, you know because we got relatively close in those initial moments after mm. it had been excavated. Yes. And um, <laughs> so we ended up taking aspects of three different images mm. as our reference upon which to make our 3D build. And we had a really good initial result with you know full lighting that looked really fantastic. It made people squeamish when they saw it. <laughs> You know, the uh, uh, people were making indoor, yeah. usually making a little bit of an involuntary note. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> and they saw the image. But we had to take that and integrate it into the shot, into the lighting, mm. so that it felt, of course, integrated into the, the cabin where they were. So we had our HDRI light, you know, of course, for the to capture the internal lighting of the cabin. But it was about balancing, you know, that we, we needed to get the details as, as much as we we didn't see anything near of how much we had seen when we had initially 
actually made it. So it was all about bringing out the, the necessary components to express the degree of realism, because that was that it was all about hyper realism, mm-hmm. and that that was fundamental aim. I, I think as it should be for any VFX suit, but you know, working on a show like this for Amazon, you, you want to target extreme quality yeah. in effects you're making in the realism. So it's a real attention for us on details to realize that fidelity and to see how far we could push it. And, um, <laughs> so that was, I think, a really strong result. And there were like 78 or so of those eye socket shots with Wilson, you know, because later in different wow. episodes, he's unbandaging yeah. his eye in the car and we get to see it then. And so it, it worked out well. Yeah. So we had about 14 hero shots that were fully 3D. 14 or 15. And then we had a a procedure for kind of like doing a bunch of different camera angles of perspective camera angles. Right. Like, you know, about 60 or 70 of these different unique angles that would work of the original eye, the 3D socket. So we had a library of angles and that was a resource for comp artists for the further away shots to source the correct angle for the shot. (laughs) And uh, and of course, with all the AOVs and passes the comp artists had, they were able to bring out the correct lighting integrated appropriately for the shot. Yeah, I mean, you forget just how many little things like, you know, he moves it slightly or he lifts it up or something and suddenly, oh, that's another VFX shot you've got to put That's in. right, yes, yeah. yes. So, I mean, obviously there are other things in there like, uh, you know, you've got people getting shot on multiple occasions, so I imagine you're adding blood splatter or bullet mm. wounds and that sort of stuff. Was there any, any other big things that you, you want to mention that you did on it? Well, when the house they were at the farmhouse and they set it on fire and it exploded that was a big couple of shots there yeah it was the explosion out of the window when she's walking out of the porch and they'd done a little practical one that had a lot of nice detail but it wasn't big enough at all right. it only just came out of one window and so we studied the practical one when the fireball died out it rolled up and was rotating in and of itself it went up into smoke <laughs> and so we used that as our target and uh, ended up being able to replicate a much bigger explosion that came up both of the windows but it was also a fireball and we got it to roll up as well as it as it went up and have the, the pieces the shrapnel of the windows come out and land on the lawn so that was another I felt like a really a strong result yeah um, and then the shot that follows you know she gets in the car and they drive away that was a challenging shot because we had to recreate quite a lot of the scene like the, the road we had to paint the road and do a sky replacement behind all the trees then they had had one practical fire in the lower window that looked really really good and so our target was to replicate the appearance of the practical fire that they had already Mm. in all of the other windows (laughs) but that all factored in the shot basically we're hovering above the car and then the car leaves us and we're just left looking at the house and the, the vista of the sky. And that was a big shot because there was a lot of work in comp to make it work in terms of the motion, hovering over the car and, and all the cleanup of the plate and the fire itself. So that was a good one. Mm. Then we had the, the tent village. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. The exploring tent village. So for that, we did do some fabric cloth dynamics because some of the shots were relatively close where we had to extend tents. There were a bunch of those shots. Mm. My favorite one was where a helicopter comes in at the beginning of one of the episodes and lands. And so it was a huge wide shot where we saw the whole expanse 
of the tent village. And we added over a hundred tents. Wow. Close to 150 and over a hundred, easily a hundred extras <laughs> that were digi-doubles. Wow. And so we had, we used an accents suit that we have to do all the little movements and interactions for uh, digi-doubles. That's how we got them to move motion <laughs> capture system. Right. So that was another good one. Another good set extension. Yeah. Um, and then to your question, the blood, all of the shooting, you know, there is such a thing as blood choreography, <laughs> you know, when, because you fundamentally, you, you want realism, of course, mm. but it's always a balance between realism and, you know, dramatic effect. Yeah. And so you have to hit, hit the right angles, and, but there's an art to that to make it look like it's really happening and yet accentuate it a little bit as well. That was another interesting component of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from the, the gore component of his eye, the, the gore component of, of the blood and the splats and how to make it feel just right. That was fun too. Yeah. As I say, I really enjoyed it. And it was one of those things that I was sat watching it. And obviously I knew I was talking to you. So I was trying to keep an eye out for anything that I thought might be, might mm. be visual effects. And it, it was so hard to see anything other than the obvious stuff that I knew, like the eye and, and shooting things and I knew there must be some set extensions in there but I mean just brilliant work because I I really wouldn't have been able to tell you where that was in the show that's that's great thank you yes so as well as Utopia you mentioned you did work on Watchmen as well which Mm -hmm. was an absolutely phenomenal series particularly uh, and you did some work on This Extraordinary Being which just a phenomenal episode I mean the entire thing was just an outstanding piece of work I mean, that has more obvious effects in it in places. This mm. Extraordinary Being was the one that had her sort of suspended in this black and white episode, wasn't it, that one? That's yeah. right. And my favourite experience on the whole show. In fact, you just mentioned this Extraordinary Being and, and oh yeah, I mean, I, I get goosebumps when, when, I, mm. when I think, because I was getting goosebumps on set because I knew something really extraordinary was happening. Yeah. With the way they were telling the story, the issues that they were touching upon and, and in a way that was so masterfully being addressed, you know, by Damon Lindelof. Mm. It was extraordinary. That's such an honor to work with Greg Middleton and, and um, the director, Stephen Williams. Yes. Stephen Williams, yeah. And the whole cast, you know, the whole cast and crew is very, very high level of people I was lucky enough to be working with, you know, along with um, Eric Henry, who was the, the supervising, the effects supervisor for the show. It was wonderful. And yeah. I, I remember at the end of the last shot with the uh, first AD and Greg Middleton and Stephen Williams were standing there together we just wrapped the last shot and I said you know I'm going to say something controversial right now <laughs> and I said I think we just wrapped an historic work of cinematic art yes and Greg Middleton was like oh jinx jinx you know like, <laughs> but we knew something something really unique had happened and I absolutely believe that yeah that, that particular episode as well was unique in how it went there in addressing the issues yeah. that it, within the context of the whole show of course but, but just amazing amazing such an honor to be involved with that yeah it's a phenomenal series we actually interviewed greg for it as well oh yeah Um, Yeah, great guy just fabulous and the show itself it's rare you can actually point to tv show and say that is a work of art but it really really is i mean there were a few shows which are just absolutely outstanding and that is just head and shoulders above so much other things that are out there right now i i thought that was phenomenal that series yeah agreed wonderful the other 
thing which we touched on slightly. Nine one one, you got to destroy Santa Monica Pier with a tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. I was invited by John Massey, the, the VFX soup of the show, to work with he and Tony, the producer, and assist with. It was like three episodes that came in mm. to assist with with the tsunami. Yeah, um, and so yeah, once the wave had hit, we were left with the, the Ferris wheel and, and all of those shots where they were going out to the Ferris wheel, and there were a few other shots, but that's that's what I recall is that the main sequence of, of the guys coming out to the Ferris wheel and that whole sequence is what I was overseeing and, and um, that was a lot of fun too. Partially it was it was nice because I had um, a visual effects background as a, a fluid dynamics specialist back oh, in the right. day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did a, a, a Noman DVD for Real Flow 4 back in the day uh, <laughs> when I was back when I was working with Sway Studios. Yeah. So yeah it was nice to contribute in the ways that I could to that episode and uh, it turned out really 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 nicely you know because of the congested schedule yeah there's challenges you know when the schedule is, is congested in that way so it was fantastic to see and be a part of the infrastructure at fuse where it's such a, a well-functioning machine mm. that is able to ingest all of this data and, and move on it in such an effective way you know with um, nucleus the in-house uh, pipeline uh, software that they have is pretty fantastic yeah what, what it enables yeah so really good infrastructure and a really effective pipeline to get a lot of shots out at high quality and in fast time so that was a lot of fun that episode yeah came out brilliantly as well I, I adore that show one of the best procedurals out there I think in terms of other stuff coming up one of the things I know you're working on is Loki which I know you will I can feel sniper rifles from Marvel on you already so <laughs> I, I know you won't be able to say anything just wondering is any of that shot using the volume the green screen system or is it are they shooting on location and stuff for that all I can say is that they're shooting again and yeah. I think that's I can't say anything <laughs> really about Loki and, and I, and I, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to get you in trouble I, the, the, <laughs> I, I thought you might be able to say whether they'd use the volume for it or not but I haven't been on set myself so I'm, you know we're, we're doing post shots here but um, yeah I'm, I'm right, not aware okay. of that particular question yeah. okay can't really ask you much about Loki but out of what you've seen is it excellent <laughs> I think it's going to be amazing yeah. good I mean I, that's I, what I, 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 I can say that much that yes. I think it's going to be amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of my co-hosts, Bex, her dream job would be able to uh, sit and stare at Tom Hiddleston and manipulate him all day. I think <laughs> that would be that would be her perfect job. Um, so I assume that's what you're working on at, at the moment. Yes. Unless yes. Yeah. Uh, I know you did the DMZ pilot as well. Yes. Worked on a whole lot of previews. Okay, the, cool. The opening moments of the show. So that was fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to I don't think that's officially got picked up to series yet, but... But um, that would uh, be interesting to see whether that goes anywhere. Last couple of questions for you. Um, first question is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? I've been watching documentaries, really. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I, I've been watching some doc- really great documentaries. The Social Dilemma is one. Um, yes. Haven't watched that yet. It looks good. That's yeah. pretty great. Uh, Capital in the 21st Century okay. is another. That's good. In terms of uh, other shows, I'm, I'm so busy at the moment. I haven't been watching yeah. shows. But obviously, I took the light in watching Watchmen. And, uh, I'm almost finished with watching the episodes of, of Utopia. So that's fun. Those are the ones at the moment. I keep on meaning to watch the Social Dilemma documentary. I haven't got to it yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. And if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, it can be something from 
the past can be something on air right now or some sort of future genre which tv show would it be and it can't be one you've already worked on <laughs> you know um game of thrones would have been fantastic yes that would have been tons of fun um well they have got the prequel series coming so you know yeah i mean i think it would be something like that or you know the shows that i'm really interested in that i get inspired by and you know when i'm working and you feel like you have that extra wind in your sails is when there's shows that are working on relevant issues so somehow there, there's a relevancy yes. where you feel like you know the work is important yeah you know that I mean, you could say that for Utopia because yes. of the themes that it's touching on. Yeah. Social disinformation, um, uh, uh, you know. Uh, well, pandemic as well, of course. Pandemic, vaccine, you yeah. know, uncertainties. And of course, Gillian Flynn, she holds no punches and she's, mm. you know, right on the nose with so many of these issues that are relevant questions and concerns for today. And she's playing with them all. Yeah. And the same with Watchmen. Yeah. So, you know, anytime there's a show that has a theme that is relevant to disrupting and awakening people and, and having people think again maybe awakening people isn't the right way to say it but, but yeah i know shows that are socially disruptive in constructive ways yeah that's what really inspires me yeah you've definitely worked on two ones that definitely do that i think so uh, so hopefully you'll get more in the future yeah and you know in terms of other shows that could happen i have a, a love for sci-fi and i also you know shows that i'm really interested in the ufo phenomenon you know the, the contemporary ufo you right. Know, or, or, or everything that's unfolding. I think that there's so much order there to use, you know, for, for shows. There's so many themes because there's there's a lot of emerging information on that that's controversial mm. and uh, deeply significant, perhaps, as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm going to let you go, but thank you for spending a little bit of time to talk through some uh, stuff. We'll have to get you back on when Loki comes out and uh, you can talk through some of the stuff on that because uh, oh, that would be amazing. Tons of fun. It's been great. Lots of fun talking with you. Have a great day. Be lovely chatting with you hopefully we'll you, talk David. again in the future I look forward to it cheers yes. see alright all the best cheers bye, bye. ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 